Okay, well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Creatives Grab Coffee. Today we have Michael and Matt from Agency 96. Normally I'd give a intro for our guests, but these guys do so many things. I'm just gonna throw the ball in their court. So Michael, welcome to the show and tell us a bit about yourself. Thanks for having us, man. Um, yeah, so so uh, our little intro, I guess, uh, about us is uh, we've been in the, the production scene, I guess you'd say, industry for the last seven years. Uh, we started off, well, I started off as, as Deep Rock Productions, Matt started off as Matthew Smith Films, and uh, since then we've built a studio space. We're now, Agency 96 is now a production agency. We also do media buying. Um, so anything and everything pretty much inside of the uh, uh, production sphere, I guess you could say. Yeah, Mike. Mike has uh, Mike has been uh, in the in the world. I think Mike, give give a bit of background on yourself. Then I'll kind of give a background on me, and then we can talk about how we came together to kind of form this this thing that's bigger than than us, and how we formed this agency. Sure. Yeah. So, like about five years ago, started uh, Deep Rock Productions uh, with a buddy of mine, uh, and um, we just started off by doing like little small music videos. Progressively started doing uh, more corporate and more commercial work. Uh, and then eventually, uh, when COVID hit, we actually decided we we're like, well, we got to start building a studio space here, uh, because our main client, which is uh, Sleep Country Dormez Vu, um, they were needing like a lot more photography and more video stuff, uh, and we needed a space to accommodate that. So uh, built a studio, and then thought, hey, let's try and rent it out. So one of my obvious thoughts was, hey, let me call Matt and see if he's interested inside the studio space. And before that, we hadn't actually even worked together. Um, so I said, Hey, are you interested in studio space? He said, no, I just built my house actually. And I have an office space inside of uh, my house now, so I don't really need it. Uh, but then one thing led to another and, uh, uh, we needed each other on different projects here and there. And, uh, that's how we kind of met. And now we're, we're starting a whole new agency together. I don't yeah. know if that kind of yeah. explains yeah. it all. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That's how it I'm Mike's Mike's a great producer. I've known him for quite some time. And, and I think I needed a lot of help on my projects. Uh, I work mainly as a director and uh, I've worked a lot here in, in Canada, but as well in the, in the North American market, as far as the U S. So I have a lot of clientele as far as like formula one and the NBA and stuff like that, that I work with in the States. Um, we do a lot of music festivals and stuff like that. So, um, I think I've needed support on a lot of productions here in, in Montreal and, and, Mike's uh, such a great businessman in a sense where he knows how to, you know, put the pieces, piece, pieces together. And if you have a budget, he'll, he'll manage to make everything work. And so uh, it just felt like a natural forming relationship after the year of working together on different projects that, you know, what we had was, was something and we wanted to build something different, something new. So uh, we're not necessarily a creative agency. We, we are production at heart and production first. So that I think uh, what makes us different because when, you know, these creative agencies come to us, we, we know how to execute because you can put anything on paper, but it's, it's down to the bones of how can we actually make this happen and how can we bring this to life? So I think us all having dipped our toes in production in some sort, uh, people really like that. People like that. We, you know, uh, know how to produce something and bring those ideas to life. So it's been a few, few months of agency nine, six in full effect. So um, I think we're, we're, we're on to some big things. We recently did a, a big print campaign for Michael Jordan and his tequila company, um, a billboard campaign. So that's right now in LA, uh, Chicago, New York, Miami. So um, we, uh, we're on to some, some things and, and we're excited for what the, the future holds, that's for sure. That's, that's incredible. Like working with uh, Michael, J I mean, like that's, that's really up there. And you guys just started this recently too. So you guys partnered up uh, during the pandemic, like early on, later on. Yeah. So we started working together probably over, over a year ago. We've worked together since, and uh, it's been a few months. Uh, we've been working behind the scenes, but it's pretty much since I think uh, late 2021 to now 2022 is when we're, we're making a push outwards to, to make the brand aware and go public with it as far as a persona. Um, not as a company, but um, I think, uh, yeah, it's fairly new, but we're excited uh, for what the future holds and uh, just being able to give clients everything they need in a one-stop shop. And I think that's where the studio comes into effect as well um, in the office space that we have here in Montreal. And, and at the end goal, we, we do have ambitions to push out to the United States and have a headquarters there. So right now we just want to make make our footprint here in Montreal in our home. And um, I think Mike can talk about the studio space because that's been a huge benefit as well. Sure, absolutely. I mean, 
yeah, I think that's, that's kind of one of the, uh, the big values that we're able to kind of push to a lot of clientele coming in um, is being able to uh, provide that space that, that is kind of just that, that, that creative like playground where you can kind of come in, come up with an idea and a concept. And every single time we have some new client come in the door, we tell them that there's no such thing as, as too big of a project uh, because the spaces can accommodate it. The studio can accommodate it. We get cars in here. We do, uh, we've done some stuff with Lamborghini. We've done some stuff with like McLarens in here. We've done some stuff with uh, uh, Kia did a commercial here, uh, Chevrolet. So anything and everything can pretty, really come in here. We even had someone come in with like those big, uh, like uh, Skyjack, like like those really big oh, ones wow. that you see on like constructions just inside the studio. I didn't even know that that was happening, but it was kind of uh, interesting. So, I mean, sky's the limit what we can kind of do uh, inside the space. It's just that, uh, that kind of space to, to do stuff in jesus what kind of space you guys have do you have like a warehouse sized uh, studio yeah pretty much yeah exactly it's, it's yeah dope. so do that like right over mike's like left shoulder there's that door and then it has like how many square feet uh, we've got, a, got about six thousand square feet in the back uh wow. with a uh, full psych wall uh we've got full uh lighting grid up top as well so everything's lit with uh aperture novas and i think that was kind of one of the reasons that it's actually still surviving to this day because uh without those guys coming up with <clears throat> such great lights uh we have a lot of music videos that also come through here because they love the lights they love the setup and they love that it's already set up where a lot of times i don't know if you guys have have had that yourselves but a lot of times you have to go and book a pre-lighting day to come in run your cables put everything over get the skyjack rent the skyjack uh yeah. put the cables through and then figure out make sure everything's going to be able to get plugged in properly know what your lighting is for us it's like we needed it so we said screw it let's just keep everything as simple as possible for future clients as well um so when people rent out the studio lights are already there so we already got given that that ease of um of use um and they can come in shoot their video maybe they're there for two hours maybe they're for 10 hours maybe they're there for five days uh but everything's like super built to be as, as customer oriented as possible that's amazing how like you guys are basically running an agency and a production studio at the same time obviously you built it as a tool not only for yourselves but you're also managing like it managing it like it's its own business it's almost as if you guys are also booking your agency time in it within the business as well oh, 100%. Is that kind of how you uh, uh manage those two at the same time because they're two completely not necessarily completely different businesses but they have a lot of different needs compared to the other one right and how do you guys typically go about uh, uh sharing the responsibility or kind of uh managing that aspect so so in terms of responsibility side i'm it's myself and, and actually my dad who own the the studio space um so in terms of the, the responsibility on that end uh, the guys who also work with us on our team is kind of, it's kind of like a, a helping back and forth whenever somebody's possibly renting something, uh, on a day, if, if we're also, if the other half of the team is all on a shoot, then, uh, we'll ask somebody else in the team to kind of cover during then. But yeah, the, the aspects, uh, and like the advertising and the, the clientele for it are, are two almost completely different worlds, but they're also the same world. So what we love about having a studio and, and, and having everyone here is that not only are we able to on a, on a whim, go out and start shooting something, but also the people who come through the door, excuse me, when they come through the door, uh, you're also sometimes getting like these big agencies, like, um, like in, in Montreal, you got like a cassette or maybe an Ogilvy, uh, that's coming through the door. So you're already meeting that manager or that, uh, producer right away. And then you can make that, that relationship with them, uh, make this their studio of choice and then come in and say, Hey, by the way, we also do production. Um, so it also is kind of that little tool to be able to meet new people, speak with new people, network and do stuff like this, exactly like this, uh, to just meet new people in the industry. It's, it's just been a huge tool, not only for ourselves to be able to produce our own content, but also, uh, for meeting people. That's incredible. Just to kind of uh, use that as an intention as well for networking, because I feel any any business owner has to find other ways to network that is a little bit different from how most people would typically do it. Everyone thinks, oh, you need to go to events, you need to cold outreach sometimes, but no, sometimes you need to create a resource or a tool that provides value to people that actually bring them to you in a way. And that is a, a very, a very smart way to go about it. And 
I'm actually, I've always been curious about how, how to go about starting up a studio. Like what, what is the first thing that you, where do you even start when it comes to that? <laughs> well, for, for us, when we started the studio, the, the biggest thing was we, we knew, we knew what we wanted. We just didn't know how to execute it. So for us, it was kind of like learning. You're going onto YouTube. You're like literally the same way that we started our, our own ourselves. Cause uh, I didn't actually even go to film school. I just kind of, I was, I had an, uh, I was in economics in uh, university and then said, I want to take my love for video and turn that into a, a business. Um, but starting the studio was kind of like just trying to figure out exactly what we needed and then how could we also service that and, and, and sell that to the public kind of idea uh, when we're not using it. Uh, so the first thing we had to do was, was find a space. And that took us about a year and a half to actually find a space that one worked with all of our locations and where we all lived to be as close as possible. Uh, and then also to be as close as possible to other uh, production companies, agencies, creative agencies. So there's a lot of in, I don't know if you guys have been downtown or worked in downtown Montreal, um, but there's a big sector of it that is, uh, like all the creative agencies work downtown Montreal. Um, but the, the, the problem is that a lot of uh, production studios, they build themselves close to them as well, but there's no parking. They're on the eighth floor. They're uh, really small. They have uh, like no elevator, like, no elevator. Oh, exactly. The worst. My God, if there's no elevator, then screw it. I'm not, I'm, I'm canceling the shoot. I'm going home. Uh, so, so for the biggest, us, the biggest, the biggest complaint, not the complaint, but the biggest thing that I've heard was the parking thing. Oh, yeah. parking is always a like, nightmare. Bring like a grip truck or like even like cast crew, like everyone just trying to find parking. That's a huge problem. So the fact that we have a parking lot and like loading dock that, that makes, and like the same level loading dock, I think that's a huge plus definitely. Absolutely. So it was, it was all about kind of finding that that like sweet spot in between everything where it's like, you're not too close to, to there that you can't get parking, uh, but you're also not too far away that no one wants to come to you uh, as well as having a space that's big enough to actually accommodate for the stuff that we need to do. Um, so you find that space. And then once you're given the space and we're not really given it, you're, you have to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you know what that that's like um, when you got to pay for that, then uh, you start to figure out, okay, well, now, how do we like, how do we populate this whole space to make it uh, look the way we want to do it? So we started with uh, coming up with plans and trying to figure out where to put uh, different pieces. And we really wanted to be, like I said, we're customer oriented. So we want to make sure that there's a space that was big enough for people to be able to either read scripts or uh, go over uh, the, the storyboards or the ideas, concepts on the day of, <clears throat> excuse me with the actors away from set so that set can be its own thing things can happen over there the crew can just take care of things instead of everybody mingling and walking over each other and um and all kind of stuff so we started with building the the whole um client lounge area so we have uh our dressing rooms makeup area little kitchenette space uh couch space so that with a tv that we can also set up uh, uh wireless viewing on it so that the client can just sit there uh, and see everything instead of being over the shoulder of the camera operator. And then from there went into, all right, so now we have this nice space. What are we going to film inside of it? Uh, or what are we going to shoot inside of it? So we, we ultimately thought of what are the, the biggest things that normally happen. You normally see big psych wall uh, with, with a lighting grid and that's pretty much it. So then our, our first thing was, where do we put it? How do we put it there? And uh, we had to hire a whole crew, a whole team to come in and actually build the, the psych wall because we had no idea how to build it and what to do. Uh, so they built the psych wall, got that done. And then once we were done with that, we had this big issue, which was sound because when you have a 6,000 square foot space and it's just empty, uh, got, you've got a lot of echoes. So then we had to install curtains, building the curtains, putting those guys in. So we had to get those imported from i think actually from toronto uh big sound curtain so that the whole thing is completely insulated we insulated the ceiling so the whole thing is completely insulated uh for sound being able to record audio no problems and then from there it was just kind of the last problem is getting clients and then it was just kind of 
how do we advertise the space and and be different from anybody else outside of uh, uh, our own space. Um, and that was just another challenge. It just uh, it still is a challenge, <laughs> but uh, it's still going. It's still been a, a about almost a year and a half, I think now, of just trying to figure things out and hoping hoping that something works. Do you find it to be a little easier though? Because I feel like with when you're running a video production company, you're dealing with a a bigger pool where there's more competitors versus when you're dealing with studios, rental spaces, there's not that many compared to how many video production companies there are. And also a lot of people need to shoot. And oftentimes a lot of rental, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, rental spots are, are, are booked. Right. So. I, I don't know. I think Matt, you can also attest to this too. Uh, I don't know if you guys have this issue in Toronto, but there's no lack of, of studio spaces here in Montreal. There's so many spaces. It's, it's, oh, really? it's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like everywhere you look, somebody else is creating a new studio and building. like literally we built our studio about a year and a half ago. And now there's three other ones that are being built up near, near us. Uh, yes. And actually we're, we're past clients of ours that, that uh, said, Oh, screw it. Well, if you guys can do it, we can do it too. So they're building their really? own studio okay. inside their own offices. So they're not direct competition in that way, but you lose, you lose clientele that way where they start to look at it and say, okay, if this guy can do it, then so can we. But um, there's definitely not a lack of, of studio space in, in Montreal. There's, uh, if anything, I think it's more comp competitive in the studio world uh, than it is actually in the production world because there's so much to go around production-wise and, and creativity and concepts can always change and you can, and you can make it so you don't have to work inside of a studio or you can work it outside or you can work it in your basement if you have to. Um, whereas if you need the studio space, it's, it's almost the cheapest and the, the one that has the most value that wins uh, at the end of the day. They're just looking to make sure that they can keep themselves inside a budget. So that's why we tried to kind of make sure knowing that our studio is mainly built for us and then the other, everything else is kind of added on top the pricing on our side was we know what what we can charge for it and said you know what let's completely like cut that that margin down um and and be that space that can add value and also be at a reasonable price so that people do want to actually come into us so it's it's kind of competing that way but it is a very competitive space here in Montreal for sure let's talk about uh, your partnership for a moment like you guys were both solo solopreneurs, right? How do you go yeah. from that to a partner after, you know, being in the industry for so long? Like, cause normally not a lot of people do that. They're very hesitant, right? So what were some yeah. of the, what were, what was some of the resistance you were both facing and how did you overcome that? I think, uh, so when, when I, uh, so I went to, I, I didn't want to be in the, art field for until I, I stopped playing football. So when I was young, I, I, uh, I was super invested in playing football and long story short, got a scholarship to play in the NCAA, got hurt, came back to film school in Montreal. And that's only when I started discovering uh, my love for like film and directing and the creative world. And so uh, I worked about for five, five, six years as kind of a freelance, uh, you know, running gun operating a guy with a camera and I would just kind of go to my own shoes and like pack my car with lights and like just try to like make it happen you know and uh, I realized like that's not sustainable from like a business aspect and you know if I wanted to scale and like I did weddings at the beginning so I really wanted to like narrow down my my dream of being kind of this business owner so um, and a lot of these brands I was working with and still am um, I would go do stuff like say like Formula One like I would do stuff with them or the NBA um, but to be able to kind of contribute more, um, they're less likely to invest in some, like just one guy, you know? Um, so we put together, you know, this plan that, okay, well, if we're a production company and we have employees and we have an office space and we have um, the room and scope to grow and support these big media mandates by these big clients, then um, it's a lot easier to trust people like that. If we build like a sustainable business plan to prove people, hey, we're growing, I have a partner now, we have employees that we pay. Um, we have things that we're doing, uh, we have big projects that we're working on and we can take on this large workload. So um, I think I say this all the time, but Mike and I are such a great yin and yang. Um, he's a great uh, people person. He, he's a great relationship guy. He's an incredible producer. Uh, and myself, I believe that 
Uh, I'm really creative. I can edit. I go in there. I'm, I'm, I'm a director. So um, that kind of creative world, I get in very well. So I think we work that perfectly. And we kind of realized that pretty quickly in our relationship that um, not only do we get along as people uh, very well, but also in that kind of business world, that yin and yang, it, I think it works perfectly. So um, it was it was kind of a no brainer for me that I needed an expansion. He had the um, tools to do that. And uh, I think it was a perfect meshing point at that point. So I thought, um, yeah, it was a no brainer for me, at least to get together and, and see where we could take this together and how, how large we can scale. So um, since we've been together, I think it's it's been pretty great. And, and just to add to that, I mean, on our side, um, so so before actually working with Matt, Deep Rock Productions was myself and, and two other guys. Um, and we were always coming with our own creative and we're not creative. Like we're, we are the opposite side of creative. We're the very, I'm more the technical, like you give me the creative and then I will figure out how to get it done. Um, same thing with uh, my editor, Terrence and my, my DP, uh, Eric, they're, they're creative in their own way. They're not creative in terms of coming up with concepts. And I remember us about it like two years ago saying, my God, we got to figure out, we got to figure out creative or we're going to, or we're just going to sink. And then it just magically out of, out of the dust, Matthew came in and, and, uh, and really pulled us out, uh, from, from that rut of just kind of figuring out like, how do we move forward? And he was able to come in um, and, and kind of take those reins from us and kind of figure out all this creative kind of going forward and, and really uh, adding that extra, like, amazingness, I guess, I guess you could say, <laughs> to, to a lot of the, uh, the videos and a lot of the work that we've, we're, uh, we've been producing ever since we started working together. So how many partners are, are, are there in total four then? So in the agency, the, it's just Mike and I. Correct, yeah. And the, the other two, like I said, Terrence and Eric, so the way we, we work is, is a lot of uh, freelance work. So technically they're on, they're on contract with us. Uh, they all work inside of the office here um, because they're 98% of their, their work comes from both of us. Um, so we invest in buying the, the desks and buying and building computers for the inside of the studio uh, to allow for them to kind of come in and not have to really worry about where am I going to do this work and how am I going to get this, job, this stuff done? Um, so they're, they're kind of like a, in between an employee and, and a freelancer. Uh, they come in and they, they do the work that we have to get done um, pretty much right next to us. Uh, while at the same time, we give the, the studio space to them to be able to kind of build different projects. And, and uh, right now, like Terrence, our, our editor, he's also producing, excuse me, this series called uh, Deep Rock Originals, uh, which is a, uh, a music series where we have artists come in do a couple songs and then we can we create like a uh, a video a live session video for them so terrence is able to, to kind of because of having the space being able to kind of take that creativity um and be able to turn it into an actual project uh that's tangible and actually could possibly lead to something so so now that you guys are oh sorry go, go ahead I was just going to say that uh, the way you guys went about uh, finding yourselves as partners was definitely the right way to go. You guys were looking for, you guys identified problems and challenges that you guys were facing that you knew that would be very difficult for your, uh, to fix yourselves. Uh, so you looked elsewhere to see who you could work with that can fill that gap. And that is, that is a sign of a good partnership. A lot of the time people get into partnerships because you know, for superficial reasons or things like that. And they maybe don't just at the beginning, though. maybe just at the very beginning, yeah, probably because yeah. of inexperience too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But when people typically get into partnerships later on in their careers, it's because they've obviously matured enough in their careers that they know what they, uh, what skills they lack and they want to surround themselves with people that, uh, not only, uh, elevate them, but are also better than them in those, um, uh, in, in those specific, uh, gap so that everybody can work together and succeed together so that's great absolutely i i i always uh looked up to actually like like i remember we would always be i i treated matt actually at the beginning as more competition than i did as because <laughs> i didn't really we never really work together so i'd always see him in doing something i was like god damn it i wish we could do that why, why is he able to do it we can't uh and then it just kind of it, like i said it just kind of worked together that we were able to uh uh, to come together and, and make this partnership. It's, it's I'm, a, I'm awesome. a big believer in like working with people that 
that I enjoy working with. Um, and I think in this space, like if you're on set all day and things are going to get tough and it's going to get tight and it's going to get stressful, but at the end of the day, like if you're with your friends and you're with the people that you care about and you're having a good time, like you can stop and say like, oh, this is incredible. Like I wouldn't be rather doing anything else. Like we're lucky enough to be creating, you know, commercial video content or photos or campaigns for these clients that we love doing what we love all day. So the key part of, of Mike was like getting to know him first as a person and knowing like his core values, business aside, like, am I going to hang out with this guy on the weekend? Like the answer was like, yes, definitely. Um, he's a great person. So, um, and then on, on top of that, um, just everything from a business aspect, everything he's done with the studio and, and, and with his production company and, and just uh, seeing what we can do together and buying in on that vision and, and knowing that we can make big waves and not only here in Montreal, but uh, in the U.S. And, and, and worldwide as we're doing, I think it's, it's a testament to, to how well we work together. So uh, it's been exciting. So I guess on the production side of things, you guys found a pretty good way to work with each other. You guys have a good working relationship. But on the business side of things, like in terms of growing the company, how do you guys um, go about that? Yeah, so I think um, we, we, we try to uh, do things uh, at a slow rate right now. I think the, the, the thing you have to be careful at when growing a company is expanding too quickly. Um, so I'm a big firm believer in having, you know, Swiss army knives as your initial employees, like people who can do a lot of things. So the fact that Mike can be on set as a producer, but also have that back end business sense and myself as well, like be on set, do the creative, do the pre-production. And then also at the end of the day, we can, you know, wash our hands and then get into like the growth of the business and how we're going to expand and how we're going to target new clients and how we're going to offer different services. What makes us separate? than every other competitor and, and you know what value we're going to bring and how we're going to do it and all those questions and to be able to bounce those off each other so um it's a definitely a 50 50 relationship when it comes to business growth i think we both have a great business sense so being able to bounce ideas off each other and, and using you know organizational apps like asana is like our go-to for um task delegation and, and what we have to do you started that. using that yeah, we just started using that the other week. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Like just the how in depth it goes. So we all, you know, we're always assigning each other tasks on what to do and how we're going to take the next step. And uh, we're just super excited about growing and we see where we can be and we see what's happening and, and we just know we can compete with the best. So um, I think, yeah, it's hard after a long day because you're, we're not so many employees right now. Like we're wearing many hats, but um, I think as we grow, we'll, we'll, we'll meticulously um, delegate certain tasks to new employees as they come in and make sure that we, we always kind of have the reins on the direction and where we're going to go for sure. So since it's so early days, it's only the two of you at the moment, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, we have uh, like as ownership or just working in the, within the company like right like do you mean like it's just the two of us in ownership it's or also the, the two of you as as the core team uh it's because it's the way Dario and i for example operate it's the two of us as the core uh, laps team members and then we have uh, a bunch of freelancers that we hire out depending on the needs of the project so I, I i guess that's similar to where you guys are since you're just launching the new agency now do you have an idea of probably what the first uh, hire will be down the road in terms of helping you guys alleviate a lot of your tasks as well? Yeah, Mike, do you want to comment? Yeah, on so so on our side, we we are, are the core, like the two owners would be Matthew and, and myself. And then, uh, like I was saying there before, DP as well as uh, we have a graphic designer and we also have our editor who are also core members of the team uh not owners but core members or guys that, that i've been working with the last five years um so those guys would be i guess you could say once we go into to hiring and employees it'd be the first employees but beyond that right now what we're what we're actually looking for and we're trying to to find is just more people in general like we're just looking for more editors we're looking for more uh, graphic designers looking for more crew members like people on set um just because of the fact that in the future we know that that we're going to have overlapping shoots we we have overlapping shoots that are happening this week like like things are happening where i can't be on set matt's going to have to be on set as i go to a different project he's going to be on another one um we want to be able to have those a and b teams those maybe even c teams that can go out and do the smaller projects while the bigger project can get done so we're not losing out on on those one those clients and two obviously the money uh 
but uh, on those opportunities. Because sometimes, yeah, there's a small budget, but that opportunity can be super, super big and could be a really cool uh, project to work on that could then lead to a, a whole different uh, world. So we don't, we like to never say no to anything. Uh, it's usually just yes, 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 and then figure it out later. Um, so, so for us, it's really finding kind of that, uh, just, just continuously looking for different people that, that have the same, same mindset, same value, same goals, same ideas, uh, as we do. And obviously you'll, you'll never find, excuse me, somebody who wants to, to work as hard as you to building your business, but somebody who still has those kinds of, uh, values and those ideas and, and that, that, that workability i guess you'd say um is what we're looking for just people designers. you want that you want yeah. that you want that leadership within the role of that person Correct, so yeah. we have uh you know a lead graphics designer that is eventually going to have a team under him like we want him to be as independent and be able to to do that so it's like it's, it's difficult like this is our first time building a company together so i think uh, there's a lot of trials and tribulations that come with it and everything is a learning experience and we'll continue to learn for years to come so um it's a it's it's a joy when we see things go through and it's it's definitely hard work but um, it's constant problem solving, but having like a great guy next to you to be able to do that and grow with makes it a thousand times better because you know um, that he's got your back throughout the whole thing. I forgot who said this, but uh, I think it was another guest. They said your first hire is always going to be the hardest one. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> it, it always is. But it sounds like you guys already have an idea of the, your first three hires, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> it's just All a matter right. of getting enough of that business so that it becomes more of a permanent uh, type role at, at the end of the day as as time goes right that's it exactly but one thing i like that you guys mentioned was you want to be able to expand your team and uh your 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 the people that you work with so that you can service all types of clients uh however big or small because you're absolutely right sometimes those smaller budgets it's just because that's what the budget is for that client at that moment there have been times where dario and i have worked with clients where uh, they've only had budgets of maybe 3000 4000 for example, which wouldn't be considered uh, really big for a, for a big agency or production company. Uh, but at that time, they only had a very a small need and we helped them out. We helped them out with that. And then eventually, maybe half a year to a year later, they had more and more projects coming in that were much higher budgets that actually would be the ones that we would be looking for as well. And yeah, if you guys are working on bigger projects, sometimes you need to be able to send off people to help out on those smaller ones because you never know you really never know what opportunities are going to come your way and from where from whom that's it that's that's why the answer is always yes it's just it's <laughs> even we we uh matt and matt and i actually didn't work on this but uh at the beginning of, of the production the deep rock productions uh we had heard on the radio someone was looking for a production company for a tv show and we said wow let's just let's just try let's just see Hey, you apply to do it apply know. to it no problem come for a meeting go into the meeting uh everything goes well and then the next day he calls us back he says okay you guys are hired uh, we're gonna start next week i'm like all right sounds good so you, <laughs> like we had no idea we just were fresh out of out of university had no idea what we were gonna do uh they said yes i guess we we were able to uh to persuade them enough uh, they said yes, and then it led to it led to a, a, a pretty weird story, but uh, maybe that's for a different podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm but, curious um, now. <laughs> uh, there's and it's I don't even know if I'm allowed to after talk the about show. it. That's after the show, that's a problem. Exactly after the show, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. even know if I'm allowed to talk about it. But either way, it went on to CTV. It was it was, it was an actual like an, a real a real show at the end of the day, and uh, we were a bunch of barely 20 year olds uh, producing a TV show. So I think we're, I think we're still doing that now, like in some of the products that we do, like we meet people or I go somewhere and I meet someone and then we're like all of a sudden in the middle of this thing, like, you know, be able to create a massive billboard campaign for say Michael Jordan. Um, that is going to be like, we, we had never done billboard prints before. And that was our first big um, campaign and to be able to do that and execute that in the studio and then you're like in it and you're like how did we get in this but let's just do it um, and then all of a sudden you're learning a bunch of things and we we learned how to composite and and, and how do we shoot uh, bottle photography how do we shoot liquid like Eric our DP like actually putting in the time to learn that and learn how to shoot liquid and executing that on like a super tight timeline and then sending it to print and then finally like seeing your images like in like billboards like on the highways of Miami and like in Los Angeles and it's like really exciting and then finally we like all sit down and go like wow that just happened so I think 
if we didn't say yes to that because we were scared of if we could deliver, if we could execute, then we would have never had that experience. So, um, you know, obviously you have to be, you can't over promise and under deliver. You have to have some confidence in yourself in that sense, but um, to always, you know, we always take on projects and just figure it out. Like that's the main thing. We'll just figure it out. Um, and I think we have the core team right now where we can do that. And, and we're at a point now where it's like, okay, anything is possible. We know how to execute it. We know how to execute it at a high level. So it's just about, you know, how we're going to do that. You have to be a problem solver, not just on the business yeah. side of things, but also on the technical video production side of things too. Right. Cause yeah. Yeah. a lot of times we go on shoots, we don't know exactly how that shoot is going to go. We have a rough idea. And then as soon as we get there, we kind of just figure it out. And, you know, if you get this far, you've always been able to figure it out. Yeah. With at exactly. least 90% accuracy. Yeah. That's yeah. It. We're, yeah. We're at a point now where, you know, we're going through things right now where we have a budget and uh, since I'm the creative guy, I'll just shoot out all these ideas um, you know, VFX, this and that. And then, you know, Michael talked me off the ledge, like, okay, it's, we need to kind of be in this world. So maybe if we do this, maybe we can do that. So like, it's a constant negotiation between the two of us because like, I'm, I just want to blow the whole budget on VFX. And he's like, well, we can't do that. So we need to like dial it down because we have like all these other things that we have to do. So um, yeah, it's, it's fun. And it's, it's a constant, uh, you know, constant balancing act of, of, of budgets and creative work and how we can do things. So right now we're in space where we, we, I think we, the more planning we do pre-production, the easier everything goes. So there's a very like clear idea on what we're doing and when we're doing it. So, um, but it's fun. Yeah. It's definitely a, definitely a fun process. I'm amazed you guys are able to run not just like a video production agency, but also like a studio rental company at the same time. Like I was just trying to process that earlier. I'm like, man, that's, and it's just you guys as the core team, obviously you have other people that are working, helping you on the production side of things, but to run both companies at the same time, like Carol and I are struggling to run one. <laughs> well, I think Mike, the, the studio has become pretty self-sufficient, right? Right. Yeah. At this point. So, so we, we have obviously like, like, you know, like, like Facebook ads, uh, Instagram ads, uh, Google search, all that kind of fun stuff. That's, that's really leading our, our charge in terms of, of uh, letting people know about the studio. And, and I think that's something that not too many studios in Montreal are, are doing, or if they are doing it, they're not doing it very well because I think a lot of the owners of, of studios are older guys who have, who already have these networks of people who aren't, aren't like worried about the future they're just kind of like whatever uh we're gonna get our our, our clients they are gonna come in they're gonna love us they're gonna always be here they're always gonna be there right for us it was like it's like no we we've got to be able to come in here and and try and steal that away advertise more tell more people about it so the more people who know about it the more frequency the more times they come in they then become our our new clients uh once the older guys fade out and they're they're younger uh the younger guys come in to to take over uh from the the bigger agencies uh across toronto montreal everywhere and even the u.s as well uh once they start to see that there's there's better value here than there is somewhere else because they're just not they're just they they know that they can charge certain prices because they'll just they'll just pay it uh or they'll they'll just cut corners on certain things because they know that they can uh for us it's coming in kind of being that like like I should say disruptor uh, and trying to, to put ourselves in and just kind of shove ourselves into the, the, the first in line kind of idea. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's, it's just always a constant back and forth. It's not, it's, there's no plan for it. Like we said there, like you were saying before, like, like there's no plan. It's just kind of as things come and you know how, how crazy this industry is and how much it changes every single every week, every week, there's a new camera that comes out. There's a new light that comes out. There's a new lens that comes out uh, that completely changes the game or revolutionizes. Like I, 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 as soon as that probe lens came out uh, from Laowa, I think, or uh, yeah, every single video you saw after that, every commercial was used with that, that Laowa, the, the, the lens, and it was probe lenses all over the place. Uh, you couldn't, I couldn't scroll through my feed without seeing someone doing something with that lens. Uh, so you always have to be kind of just changing with the, with the game and, and kind of, uh, just working. Yeah. working like, like, like Mike said, there's no plan, but there's definitely a big plan, but the plan is 
to be able to adjust, you know, to be, correct. Yeah. you know, your, your team's a Swiss army knife, but your business plan has to be a Swiss army knife as well. And I think having, yeah. you know, five fingers of touch points through your business, you know, I mean, every company says they offer, you know, uh, creative direction, photography, um, video production, graphic design, but to be able to actually execute and have that in-house and to be able to offer those services um, is like huge. So I think to be able to go different directions and have, multiple sources of income to be able to support uh, when the market goes somewhere. Cause you know, if the market's not offering 10, 15, 25, hundred thousand dollars for a video at this moment, then okay, then that's just not the market and you have to adjust to it and you have to be able to, to still, to still produce, you know? Yeah, that, exactly. Like huge. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say exactly because um, the reason we have to be so adaptable is because as you said, the market is, is changing constantly and our clients especially are the ones adapting when they're adapting we have to adapt with them if they realize that they need to change their business model uh their marketing goals uh, shift uh, we can't stay in the exact same way uh that we were working before that and this is why probably also your studio is doing so well compared to some of those other ones because they're really set in their own ways they're not willing to adapt or change and that is why they're set up for failure down the road and it's like adaptability is survivability at this point of the game. 100%. Like, I mean, uh, just seeing even during like the beginning of COVID, like, like I, I remember when clients just would like literally call me and be like, we're not doing like canceling shoots, canceling productions. <laughs> and you have to be able to adapt to that and kind of be like, Oh my God. Okay. These guys are, are like, where's my source of income going to come in from. Right. You know, and, and, and uh, trying to figure that kind of stuff out. And, and when the market and, you also have to really look at the economy in general as a whole because see how things are going. Are people buying things? Are people wanting to buy more expensive things or less expensive things? Are, are companies willing to start to, to spend this money on advertising because the economy is, is super low or we're going to a recession, we're going to a, all these kinds of things? It really does affect and comes back to you because then if a company doesn't want to advertise because they got to save money to be able to pay their, their actual employees who are, who are working day to day, uh, you don't get that money. You don't get to, to, to do that job, right? No matter, no matter how much you, you uh, keep pitching them and, and trying to sell them. If they don't got the money, they don't got the money. That's pretty much it. It doesn't appear out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. What kind of systems are you guys uh, setting in place now to ensure like future success? Um, what do you mean? Like you guys mentioned the sauna, right? Cause uh, like one thing Carol and I, from what we learned from other guests is that you need to have systems in place to be able to, to, to scale, to, to grow and just have like, you know, proper, um, like, uh, processes and operations. Yeah. 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 So I think, I mean, uh, from a backend standpoint, Asana has been a big help because, um, we have now the productions that we're doing, um, are so involved in pre-production, like pre-production is a production in itself. So, um, we'll have on Asana, we'll have the client because, and we have a full list of our clients. And then we have within that client, we have different campaigns. Uh, so April or May 2022 campaign. And then within that May campaign, we have whether it's a static campaign, so photos, uh, we have our video campaign. Like, so all our video ads that are in that campaign uh, that are being made. And then we have within the video campaign, we have that specific production. And then we have pre-production, production, post-production. Post so in pre-production, we'll have like seven or eight categories of location scouting, shot lists, mood boards, um, art direction, you know, whether we need props, so all the pickups, stuff like that. And then within like, say, um, location scouting, we have like all our work back schedules. So when, you know, uh, we need to scout locations, when we need to get them approved, um, and that goes on to like the production. So making sure we have our pre-production checklists and then post-production, we have all our cuts, revisions, notes, uh, that we put on frame, uh, frame.io, uh, to get the clients to re review them right there. So yeah. I can, can make those changes. So that's also uh, huge. Frame.io. <laughs> just being as organized as possible, I think sets your framework. So when you have new people coming in uh, to work, they, they can be easily integrated into the program and be able to see their tasks uh, super easily, whether it's on a daily schedule or a weekly schedule, and they can be able to just take care of that. And then they can put updates there and we can be notified when we need to review their work or when things are submitted and, and just be able to keep track of 
that because right now there's so many things happening and we don't want to say no. So then like we have to be organized to a T or else uh, things are going to be messed. Deadlines aren't going to be made. Clients aren't going to be happy. And we're just going to be like walking in mud going backwards. And the last thing we want to do is take on too much and not be able to deliver. So we've been really working hard on being organized and being efficient. Uh, you have to be efficient. Yeah. You have to be efficient to the point where you're able to give your clients a good experience because think about, about it when you're hiring a service for whatever you might want. You want something that is easy to use, a simple process, straightforward, people that are very forthcoming. If sometimes, if, if they though, however, make you jump through so many different hoops to get what you eventually need, then you're thinking to yourself, what was the point of even hiring you at the end of the day, right? And something as simple as Frame.io, for example, completely shifted the way we were doing all of our post-production uh, note revisions and everything like that, because we all know those Microsoft Word documents that we've all had to deal with in the past. Or the email chains. Or the oh email God. chains from 10 different people from the same client where nothing's consolidated to the point where uh, it was just a complete mess of a nightmare. And so Frame.io made it a lot easier, although we did notice one other challenge that um, came by really quickly, which allowed us to also adapt and shift, which was that letting them know that uh, they can comment or whoever has that link can comment whatever their notes are can also be a challenge in and of itself. If they have 10 different people commenting and arguing with each other in those comments about what should be done with yeah, the exactly. videos. It even needs so, to be more granular where you have to be like, okay, there's only, we're only going to accept the, the comments from these five people. Nobody else can say this. I don't care who they like. You almost have to go down to that level, even more detail. We do two. There you go. We exactly. Two. That's it. We two do people. two. Maximum two. <laughs> <laughs> that's it exactly you have to because uh definitely everyone and, and that's what this world is it's 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 subjective uh and and it, it's just one person's mind can can think okay i want to go down i want to go right and the other one's saying no we have to go left uh eventually everyone comes, exactly eventually everyone comes back down to the, to the same spot at the end but but the amount of left and right turns that you're doing because somebody else says go this way go that way go this way go that way uh it, it's just it's it's not an objective world and, and something we you just kind of have to uh understand and and, and uh, unless you're unless you're you're producing funding and directing the work it's just about making the clients happy and giving them what yeah, they want yeah. like you can you don't want to have a relationship where it's constant pushback and you just unless they give you a mandate where it's like okay create all this but even when you do there's going to be revisions so i think it's about just um you know taking care of that relationship providing them what they want and and, and putting your ego at the door and just saying like, okay, this is what you want. And we're going to give you exactly what you want and, and delivering on that. And they're, they're paying you at the end of the day. Right. <laughs> so yep. you, there's only so much uh, demanding you can do in terms of the creative for that project that they're the ones footing the bill too. Right. 100%. Absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, if, if, if they're paying for it, then uh, it, that's how I think about it at least is, is, Whatever, whatever the client says goes at the end of the day. I mean, if they're not happy with it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much you beg, scream, yell, and cry. If they don't like it, they're not paying you. So uh, make sure they like it. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, you can still, you, you still want to work with them and try to help them because sometimes they may not necessarily know what they're asking for as well. Mm -hmm. So it's also your job to make sure that uh, it doesn't get to that point where they're very set on a certain thing that you know is not going to work. You got to try to help them throughout the whole production process, especially in pre. Let them know what pre. will work, what won't work. And then usually that those challenges don't come later on in post. And you know you get that with experience. It takes it takes years to to develop that type of communication skills and working and collaborating with clients and other people. And eventually, eventually we all figure it out, right? Eventually. And even, even after eventually you still don't figure it out, then something else changes and then you got to readapt. A new client comes in. That's it. Exactly. With a completely different, completely different industry. I wonder what the next generation will be before, sorry, before we get, like once we get older, if we get into our forties and then we're dealing with clients that oh, are in exactly. their twenties, what that's going to be it's like. It's going to be even weirder. Right? Like I can, I can only imagine people who are in their like 50s, 60s now that were in this space 20, 30 years ago. There's no way that they they thought that this was going to come come around and and uh, they were going to have the same problems that we're having today. Exactly. It's good that at least we know that this industry changes on a whim, so we're <laughs> we're always uh, ready to adapt to the next big thing. <laughs>
we That's grew it. on adaptability. That's essentially it. And you need to do that. You need to grow on adaptability. hundred percent. I think in every industry, honestly, not even just this industry, uh, everything's got to be able to adapt. And I think, I think COVID definitely, uh, gave everybody a little wake up, wake up call that, uh, they're not even big corporations are not, uh, invincible. Mm-hmm. That little gut punch. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're at the one hour mark. So I, I think this is a good place to end it off. So guys, thank you so much for coming. Actually, before we end off, yeah. uh, why don't you tell us how you guys come up with, came up with the name agency 96. Oh my God. That was the worst so, experience of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was days and days of sitting inside of this very office uh, with actually like the, the guys were talking about there before uh, Terrence, Mike and, and Eric, uh, as well as me and Matt sitting in here and just kind of throw a name at, at the beginning the name was agency x because i was just i would just say oh you know uh, agency x will do like just the unknown kind of idea. Yeah. it was just a placeholder name and then we were kind of like that's kind of cool maybe we'll do that and then we started noticing that there's like 500 7, 000, different agency yeah. <laughs> x's that exist in the world um i was prepared i was prepared to spend like i'm a i'm like a very like task guy so i was like i have a like one hour task on this on like a tuesday and let's just do it then and it was like week two and we're still talking about this stupid name and i was like it's it's a thing that matters because it's the first you know first impressions exist and like yeah i mean it it, you know eric our dp said it like it it can't it doesn't have to be great it doesn't have to be incredible it just can't be terrible like so it it has to be a name that is like okay no problem um so we, we tried a bunch of things but at the end of the day um, where Mike and I are bo- both born in 1996, uh, Eric's 96, all of us, uh, our lead yeah. guy is 96, our editor's 96. So we're like, all right, we're just the 96 gang. So let's just <laughs> go with that. 96, 96, and that yeah. was like our, our core route. And so we went with that. Nice. That actually has a nice little story to it. There's always little stories that come behind it. Like for ours, uh, the, the name came from uh, a, a script that we were, uh, well, specifically Dario was writing uh, titled Laps. And then when we were, when we decided to work together, we were trying to think of a name and he said, why don't we just do laps? And I said, no, we're not going with the first <laughs> option that we, that we choose. And like, that doesn't happen. You don't go with the very first one. Exactly. We tried hundreds of names and nothing sounded as good or was available compared to the first one. We're like, all right, that's it. That's, that's the name. There you and go. Was, we literally just chose it because it sounded cool. And now we actually developed something uh, pretty cool. What we turned it into an acronym? So it stands for lasting amazing sounds pictures and experiences i was like okay oh, this is Great. like the story we tell our clients <laughs> yeah there you go that's good awesome yeah amazing. actually you you spelt it as lasp dario just now so oh <laughs> you did picture sounds and experiences <laughs> it's it's awesome. nine in the morning okay i i need my second tea before i function at 100 percent. there you go exactly <laughs> there we go all right guys Thanks, well We'll leave it at that, but thanks again for joining us on Creators Grab Coffee. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we continue all growing and adapting uh, with this crazy market, right? Absolutely. Sure. Hopefully our, our our paths actually cross in, in the production world. I mean, uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, we see the same people over and over again. So uh, we're always in Toronto. We're always in Montreal. We're all over the place. So maybe we'll our paths will cross someday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If, if we got to shoot in Montreal and we need a studio, now we know who to reach out to. <laughs> you, know, you know who to call, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or even if you guys are in uh, in town and just want to grab a drink, you know, and just connect in person, we're open to that as well. <laughs> Love it. Definitely. Awesome, right. guys. Okay. All right, take care, guys. Appreciate take it. Take guys. care. Happy one. Nice.